Yo junkies, what's up? Welcome back. We're back and better. And today we get this amazing guest, the queen of live events, right? She's one of the most sought after uh, strategic uh, live um, events at this moment in the entrepreneurial game. She helped business owners double their income to get more peace of mind, more profit, more freedom. And you know what? I think it's time to introduce her. Gina, Suzanne, what's up, girl? Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so pumped. <laughs> awesome. So we just, we just spoke about prior to this recording, but um, before we dive into the good stuff, like I know just to give the audience more clarity, like where you come from, like you have an yeah. event agency, you have a podcast, you help female entrepreneurs, six, seven figure, get more profit, more freedom, all the good stuff. Um, all that good stuff. You know, but before we go in more deeper into that, I want to know like, like really the transition from engineering to kind of the digital nomad that you are right now. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a crazy story and I don't think I've ever told anyone really, I've never really nailed down my origin story, so I'll give it a try. But yeah, I used to be a chemical engineer and I was really unhappy with corporate life and I know deep down like it wasn't for me and my whole life I was kind of entrepreneurial. I mean, since the second grade, um, I was convincing people to form clubs with me. It was called the Nature Club. <laughs> and I like the entrance grade, like bringing me acorns to join my club. And like we had a treasure for God knows what. It was the second grade. There was no money. It was acorns. But like, so like my whole life, I've kind of been this leader and I've loved bringing people together, usually through food. Like I'm a big dinner party host back when I had a home. Um, but yeah, so I went into engineering and actually when I was in engineering school, um, I was quite, quite poor growing up. So to make money through school, I worked, um, for the engineering college and I was like washing dishware and I was always breaking it because I'm not a very technical person. I'm not very delicate. Um, so I was breaking things and I was just looking for any opportunity to not do engineering stuff. So I ended up partnering with, a little man who was selling sandwiches to the engineers in the college, like in the, in the, the building, the engineering building. Yeah. So I worked with him and I identified a big gap in the engineering college. Whereas like the mechanical engineers wouldn't talk to the chemical engineers and no one would talk to the electrical engineers. And there was a big gap. So I was like, everyone loves food. Like we'll throw big events. We'll charge for them and everyone will come together to eat. Like, it's amazing. So it actually worked out really great. And then I went to the Dean of Engineering. I was like, yeah, um, I just wrote up this job description and you need me and I need money. So I'm going to call myself the special products coordinator and I'm just going to throw parties for the College of Engineering. And for some reason he said, fine. And I ended up just throwing all these events for the engineering school. And then when clients would come that wanted to donate money to the engineering school, they would meet with me first and I would give them tours and I'd introduce them to like all of our clinic products. And it like turned out to be this like crazy thing. So then of course I never thought anything of events or bringing people together or, you know, connecting people. I never thought that was my superpower. And then I, um, I graduated, I gave the, the speech at college 
And then I went into engineering, like as, as I thought, as society told me to be, you know, and, um, through corporate, I would throw these little luncheons. So like events were like weaved into my life from the beginning, but I never saw that until I stepped away. I, I fell in love when I was traveling, quit my job slash kind of got fired because I told them I was leaving. Um, and, um, now I'm a digital nomad. I met Jamie, the podcast junkie. And, um, I've talked to some people, dove deep, and found out that my true superpower was bringing people together through live events. Yeah. So that's what I do. Yeah. Awesome. And the thing I was, I'm more curious about because you traveled to Japan, was it? I think. Yeah, I used to live in Japan. Yeah. And like, what? What's that, like, what live event happened there that like changed your mindset of you know what? Fuck this engineering thing. I want to do my <laughs> own and my own like my former passion like. I'm not really, I can't really pinpoint it to one specific thing, but definitely, so I would, when I, through that job position that I created, um, I actually met a guy who was donating money to the school and he was from Japan and I was like, oh, I want to go to Japan. So I was like, hi, can you hire me? And he's like, no. And he said no, like six times. And then finally he said, yes, fine. So I went to Japan, I was working and I just, I saw that there were so many more opportunities and I was always doing something that I wanted, not what they wanted me to do. So instead of working in their labs, I was instead drawing up an internship program for them. Like I was always doing something else, but it always gathered around bringing others together. So in that case, it was bringing interns into the program that they didn't have existed yet that I created. But yeah. Cool. I think like from my perspective as well, Like I didn't, I went into finance, like say journey route, whatever accounting, yeah, and CPA. I was like, cool money, let's go. Yeah. Well, my first lesson there, like college wise, I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Exactly. So So you were corporate too then. Yeah, and now now more retail just gotta pay the bills, right? (laughs) So now building side. So. I want to just transition to that because I know in 2014, like you made your first six figure in an event, right? Like you. Oh yeah, I ho- yeah, I hosted a six figure event, which was wild. Like the budget on that event was just something I've never seen before, yeah. and I couldn't believe that someone was trusting me with all this money. I was so young then; I was like, I think it was like 19 or 20. I can't really, not really good at math. That's why I bombed as an engineer. But um, I was so young and I was just running all the, I was coordinating with vendors and shipping things in and just throwing these massive events at six figure scales with the engineering college. And it was just beyond me. Oh, they were like, but like prior to that, were you just throwing events like at your college dorm or like college thing? And this was yeah. like your first big jump into the big events yeah no well it was really just with the college of engineering for the longest time it wasn't until actually this year that i started hosting events for entrepreneurs Uh, like using that superpower that i didn't really know i had that i started to fine tune it into the business so i guess when i was doing it for engineers it was more um those weren't for profit events but now i've transitioned into entrepreneurial events that actually bring in income so for the college of engineering you know they have so much money and they're they're doing these events to get 
in the papers and to get more clients, you know, it's yeah. like more of a show. Whereas the events we're putting on now is to actually gain money and gain um, new audience members. Awesome. So I think the next question dive like right into that, like who, yeah. which person, which type of business owner, entrepreneur, like whatever. Sure. You have an event. That's my question. Like, so I love to throw events and I like try to target uh, my clients that are consultants and entrepreneurs that help other entrepreneurs because I know that an entrepreneur knows that you need money. Uh, you need to spend money to make money and events are sometimes costly, but they can bring in such a large profit on the back end that it's almost a no brainer. Yeah. So I think even if you have a small list, we've seen success with people, even with like lists of even just a hundred people, as long as they're truly dedicated fans. And you know, it's not always about quantity, but quality. You've heard that before. And um, even people with small lists can turn events. It's just about knowing the right strategy and the right steps to take. So let's dive into that right now then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. So there's quite a few different types of events and I've done a few. I've done a few um, of each of these, um, but I can go through the different types. Um, we'll start at the very smallest events and then go from there. Um, we'll start with um, VIP days. I don't know. Have you heard this term thrown around in the industry? It's like kind of a newish term. Okay. So like VIP days are very expensive. Um, they're usually like an upsell for when someone's done coaching with you and it's a one-on-one -on -one day with a coach. So say um, you wanted to hire Jamie to help you with your podcast and you would hire him for a VIP day and you would just have him in person, just you and Jamie and just you're busting out everything you need for your podcast. And I know a lot of these coaches and consultants will do like headshots and they'll like take you to lunch and it's just like a whole one-on-one -on -one mastermind day. So that's like one-on-one -on -one event, but that really is an event, you know? Um, moving up, there's uh, masterminds or inner circle meetups, and that can be from two people to seven to 10 to 15 to 20, but that's smaller and that's, that is more like an intimate one-on-one -on -one setting. And then you have your retreats, which I don't like to go any lower than six people, um, but six to maybe 24, anything over 24, 25, I think is pushing in because retreats are very intimate settings and you're there for usually more than two or three days, you know, between two and seven days, is the perfect time for retreat. And the secret with retreats is you're getting something tangible done. So you like walk away with something. So for example, uh, we're hosting Jamie's podcasting retreat, hopefully in Bali. And, um, we're getting, we have six people already and we're getting a few more and they're going to walk away with like a physical workbook, having done these recorded intros professionally in a recording studio. So you're giving them something tangible. I personally, this is my favorite type of event, the retreats because you get to, yeah, you get to like live and sleep with them almost not, you don't sleep with them, but like, you know, you get to stay in the same house and <laughs> This got raunchy real fast, um, but you get to um, spend a lot of time and you get to really get to know um, who you're working with. And um, I'll go over the strategy we use in the events in a second, but 
this works out the best because you're really intimately knowing your customer, your audience, and they're getting to intimately know you. So whatever you're selling, they're going to be able to, they're going to be buying you because you've really connected with them on a deep level after spending all these days together. But then if we want to work your way up to bigger events, you have a dinner cocktail parties. This is perfect for, um, this is perfect for introverts. So I personally am an introvert and yeah, I know it's, it's surprisingly, but people drain me. (laughs) Um, I don't get energized by people. Whereas Jamie, my partner, he thrives off it. So he loves to be filled with people because it makes him feel great. Which are you? I think I'm an extrovert, like for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, like after this interview, I'm going to like go take a nap because I've given all my energy out. (laughs) But um, dinner and cocktail parties are perfect for introverts or shy people. I'm not shy, but if I were, I would have like a dinner party or a cocktail party where you're teaching, but you can sit with them one-on-one and you don't have to get up in front of a stage and do a whole show because you don't need that to make money. You don't need to be on a stage to throw an event. And then you have uh, workshops or seminars and those can be bigger. Those can be, I would say anything bigger than maybe 12 or 15 and up, but I would cap it at like 50. And um, then you're physically teaching something at this event as well. Kind of like a retreat, but it's like a one day thing. Sometimes it's half a day. Occasionally, I've seen two-day workshops or seminars, and that's like that's like a lower price point. And, and usually, as these events get bigger, it's usually a lower price point, but not always because Funnel Hacking Live is massive, and they have a very high price point. But yeah. that's a different it's a different beast. Yeah, <laughs> and it is something. Else. It is something else. Have you been? No, I'm planning to go next year to Nashville. Oh, awesome. Awesome. We'll see you there then for sure. (laughs) And then your last event is your conferences. You know, this can be up to thousands and thousands of people. I recently just planned a 10,000 person conference. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Massive in Boston. It's coming up in November. Yeah. It's to um, the Brazilian entrepreneur audience, which I didn't even know existed until my client updated me on it. But yeah, so 10,000 people. So that, that was another huge beast. And and how do you, I know, it, like, first of all, I didn't know there's such, like, so much events. <laughs> I was like, okay, for me, yeah. <laughs> events is events. But, like, now it's, like, already, like, yeah. six, you, you mentioned. Yeah. So, you can break it down. Yeah, you know, because, to be honest, I went only to one event, like, actually, event that I put my money into. Yeah. That was last February to the Growth Country from Grand Cardone in Miami. Wow, yeah. How was it? It was amazing. It was like 35,000 people in there. So, <laughs> so it was... That's insane. What city was it in? Miami. Like the Florida... Uh, um, Miami, the baseball field, the park. In the field, oh, oh, the one that Russell spoke at then. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I went there. I was in the ambassador program. So it was like huge, like, like you know, like drawn... Donald Trump say huge, like like that. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's and, and it was like shit, man. And now I was just planning to go to have like already four for next year. So I want to go to the Fun Hacking Life in Tennessee. I want to go yeah. to US again for um the Growth Con Four because it's amazing, amazing network event. Is that in Vegas this year? Sorry? 
or no? Was it in Ve- is it in Vegas this year? Is that what I read? Uh, yeah. The Grant Cardone's 10X. Yeah. yeah. The next one is in Vegas. Um, I think the 21st of February, something like that. Awesome. Uh, and to go to the offer, uh, mine from Steve. <gasps> Jamie just came back from that. He said it was outstanding. You have to go. Yeah, that's one of my priorities on my list. Yeah. And right now, this those are my three like most uh, four, but I don't know which four, which is the four yet. Yeah. So, uh, my wow, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. That's amazing. So let's go more into the strategies because I know that you really speak about like talk about uh, the four pillars into yeah event, right? let's go into deeper into that what are the four pillars yeah so actually there's five i'm not sure the last time i i spoke to you but i've added a fifth one so besides creating and really understanding your event i consider that like the foundation so i don't consider that really a pillar but really understanding who your target audience is and everyone seems to skip this step step but you really to get an efficient event you really need to be specific with which who you want there let's, because let's take it from there yeah. right? since we're talking about foundation and this yeah. is something i've struggled with and, and i'm kind of getting my way around it like how can let's say an online coach or like entrepreneur who's just starting out get the right audience to speak in front of if that's so important yeah Yeah, I'm really glad you asked. And honestly, I think the best way is really just interacting with them and asking them, just finding out where they are, whether it's getting on a 15-minute discovery call or sending out forms or asking them to comment down below, like, where are you at right now? Because if you're getting, all right, let's use Jamie's, just because we were planning it earlier today, um, his event for an example. So Jamie wants to host a podcasting event. That's awesome. But at first, he wanted everyone to come, you know, whether you started a podcast, whether you have no idea, whether you're 10 months in. But the, when you host an event, you want to take people through a journey. You want them to leave having something done. And you're not going to be able to serve each audience member the best if they're not all at the same starting point. So either you pick someone who's never had a podcast before in their life and they want to start from scratch or you want to teach them the sales secrets to building and growing that podcast. They're two different events, two different audiences. So really understanding that and growing that foundation is key to starting and planning your event. So you know what to teach them, you know what they can take away and that'll give you better testimonials. You know, you'll get better growth out of that. Awesome. So that's the, let's say before the first. Yeah. You want to start an event, you got to start there. Who are you going to be marketing this to before you even get to marketing? Who is it that you want to serve? And the next step is? So the next step is filling the event. Um, There's many methods. I I can't go into all of them right now, but there's filling the event and actually pre-selling it. So for example, um, I can give you one one suggestion right now. Um, Say you want to go to Funnel Hacking Live, right? So what's the difference from you buying a ticket now, whereas buying a ticket down the line? You might say, oh, I'll buy it later. I'll buy it next month when I have the money. But really getting them to commit to buying the ticket now so you can sell out because you'll need that money on the front end um, to start making that event happen. So things you can do is have pre-training ready. Like, hey, buy your ticket now, not only to get early bird pricing, that's another sales strategy, but also 
to be on the same page, to be ready to go. Don't leave it to last minute. You got to complete these pre-training courses and you're like, oh, wow, they're over delivering already. Like yeah. I'm going to this event and I'll still have pre-training to do and videos to watch. So really just getting them to commit. So that would be, that would be step one, filling your event. Um, keep going. Yeah, do you want to jump into step two? is really ensuring they're going to show up. So if the price tag's low, as some things might be, if you're having a seminar or a workshop or a dinner party, you know, it's easy to push off. I've, I've heard this term where at the, the age of cancellation, yeah. where people just push things off, and I'm so bad at that, of canceling last minute or bailing, the bail culture. But really ensuring they show up by um, showing them what they're getting and just show them that, hey, you're getting a workbook and you're going to be able to walk away with this and this and showing them, um, meeting their expectations already by little teaser videos like, oh my God, have you seen these macaroons? We're having the event. Like something as small as like a little branded cookie or whatever will like get you excited. But like, well, I don't really want to miss like getting all those FOMO inducing tricks and little prizes that they don't want to miss. So ensuring they show up is actually a huge pillar that a lot of people miss. Um, pillar three would be executing the event, like actually carrying out the event, getting all of the pamphlets and workbooks and t-shirts ready, um, just making sure everything's smooth, getting speakers, you know, really providing that value and going overboard on delivering because we really love to um, provide more than what they're expecting. Awesome. Um, let me ask you yeah. something. Like you throw a lot of events and do you also with your clients or with yourself um try to upsell or like pre-sell the next event even though there's no event yet? Yes. Actually, that's our fourth pillar. I'm so glad you asked. It's called the upsell. And um so a lot of people they want to make money off the ticket sales, which is great, and you absolutely can. But the real bulk of profits in events is the back end. Yeah. So you want to have a really strong back end. You want to take them through that, that webinar script almost, and really just upsell them to your next thing because you've just spent hours, maybe days, if you're doing a retreat uh, or a longer conference with these people. You know what they want. They've liked, know, and trust you now. I mean, you're with them. So now that you've really connected intimately with your customer, it's the perfect time to be like, hey, let me take you up the next step of my value ladder. So really creating and crafting that perfect upsell into your next program is the fourth key pillar of events, of a successful, profitable event. That's the most important part. Besides yeah. bringing value, you got to bring them on as well. Otherwise, yeah. it's just a foundation. <laughs> for sure. I cringe when people have all these people in the room and then they're not selling anything else. And a lot of people feel bad and I get that. Like, oh, they just spent money on the ticket. Like, I don't want to push them more. But unless they said no or walked out, you're leaving money on the table. And if they don't get their answers from you, they're going to go somewhere else. Exactly. So there's no harm in upselling. No. You know, there's ways to do it. So, you guys, here, like, keep upselling those tickets, right? So yes. now I want to like just this is for my like personal like selfish needs. Of right? course. Right. Um, because I know like this year you got into the two comic club uh coaching program. Yeah, right. The coaching program. We haven't made up that much money yet. <laughs> coaching program, right? So for yeah. free, um I spoke with uh Brandon as well. Uh Brandon Kelly. Yeah, um, yeah. Great. 
Yeah. Um, so I was wondering because now the coaching program isn't there anymore. Like I just read, just did this, took it off. But um, how, like, how do you see yourself using that program to help you get to the uh, to Common Club X um, even faster? Yeah. Um, so we are in the two comma club X, which is Russell Brunson's $30,000 a year coaching program. And it's, it's still going on. I think they're making a smaller level in between funnel hacking live and the coaching. Okay. So for those who don't want to spend $30,000 a year, which is insane, I think they're making a different one, but it hasn't been released yet. That's, that's the rumors. Like, I don't know anything for sure. Um, but yeah, I love it because there's accountability coaches, which I think is really huge in growing your business to the next level. And, um, with entrepreneurs, there's obviously the shiny object syndrome and there is a lot in that course. So, but the good thing is that it's always there if you need it, but sometimes you can get distracted with, Oh, should I build a webinar funnel? Like, Oh, should I do a challenge funnel? And like, there's so many different directions to go in. So it's like kind of a two edged sword. Okay, cool. And are you planning to also um, keep selling or like plan events or like also start bringing online courses on how to do this part? Yeah. Yeah. So I really like working with um, clients right now to build their events. And I love seeing it happen. I'm still loving the travel, but we are starting to settle down because we are professionally homeless right now. So we love the traveling, but we are starting to settle down and eventually I'll be taking this content and putting it into a course. But that's on the back burner right now. Awesome. And I think this question then, because you're kind of settling down, but before that, like you, you're still a digital nomad, right? Like yeah. Somebody um, start building their online team if they're just traveling a lot around or like, let's say I'm here in, in Holland, in the Netherlands, and my audience that I want to speak is in the States. Like how can I bring those people in my team? For sure. Um, we were, I've been working a lot with Jamie right now, building his business and his teams because, you know, I'm a team player. Um, but we just worked on getting VAs. And I think the process of detailing everything and written it down and doing videos and bringing your expectations to that person. You might feel like you're oversharing information, but I've found that they not only perform better when they get all of that information up front, but they're actually thankful because a lot of people hire freelancers or um, virtual assistants and they're just like do this do this do this but then when they when the job is done they're unhappy but they've never specified how they want it done or what they want uh, it to look like and um, if you just provide expectations up front and, pro and put processes in place the whole operation goes so much smoother yeah like, like that's made sense <laughs> like yeah know, i think like myself, I tried to, after GrowCon, I was like, all this in this fire. <laughs> Let's grow this. Right. Let's grow it. So I went out and started interviewing, like, a lot of people, like, just VAs and all the good stuff. And then I was like, shit, I don't even know what to ask for. Like, I don't know. Right. I need to get done. And I'm trying to build a team. And I realized that if you want to, like me then, if you want to build a team, you got to know at least like which direction you're going, like what needs to be in place, what chess pieces need to get moved and fill that with that other party. You can't just go out there and, and just hire for hire, you know? A hundred percent. And like documenting what you do every day yeah. so that someone else can take that off your plate. It's so important. 
And I think just let's start wrapping this part off. I want to just ask you, like, how can somebody, let, let's take me as an example. I'm, I'm at level, from zero to 10, I'm at one, right? So let's- No, <laughs> you're not. But, but, but let's let's uh, take someone that maybe just starting out, heard this podcast, went and, and watch your stuff on, okay, I need to throw events, I need to do this, I need to, have either retreats, one-on-ones, masterminds, which event doesn't matter, but how can somebody that doesn't have an audience, doesn't have like something to sell, like an offer, does have a real like audience and, and expertise yet, how they, where does they need to start? Like, they're, they're so overwhelmed. So where, what steps do you need to take first? In order sure. To- Yeah, that's a really fair question. So as we went over those different types of event to begin with, there's different, depending on where you are with your audience, your list, and your business, I would suggest different events for each person. So if you're not sure at all, like just hop on a call with me and we can talk it out for free, like completely for free, no strings attached, but we can just talk it out where you should start. But if you were at zero and you had no list, I would suggest like a cold traffic event filling plan. Like um, I would suggest a workshop or a seminar and I've had work with clients who've started from zero before. And what we suggested is doing, pushing out like three value videos into your, with Facebook ads into your, your client avatars with no pitch just your origin story, getting to know, like, and trust you. And then retargeting based on who watched it at least 25% through. Cause you don't want to retarget people who watched it just for a minute. And you probably won't find too many people who watched the whole thing because that's social media for you. And then um, retargeting those people with a freebie or um, a free plus shipping offer. So getting them to um, really get them into your brand. But if you're low on time, you can skip this test uh, step and just go right into like a webinar funnel which is just you just sell, uh, talking to them, maybe teaching them something and then selling them into your event. So if you had nothing and you're starting with zero from cold traffic, that's what I would suggest. So three valuable origin story, no like and trust you, no pitch, retarget them to a freebie or a free post shipping offer, then a webinar funnel. And then your event page, your sales page. Guys, you're like... Yeah. Because I think in this day and age, most people want to pitch without bringing any value to the table. So, like, yeah. you know, no one likes you when you do that. No one likes it. Don't do that. Okay. So, yeah. three simple uh, videos of your origin story, where you came from, what you're about, and all the good stuff. And the people that resonate with your message, believe me, will come to you, right? Yeah. Provide value. That's what it's about first. Yeah. So, um, Gina, like, where can people, especially thank you for this amazing interview. And oh my gosh, no problem. And value and bombs in here. Uh, where can people find you if they want to book the 50-minute call with you or, like, on social? Yeah. Um, my name is Gina Suzanne. Um, you can find me at shegrinds.com. And I'll spell that out for you because there's no I in grinds because I made that very difficult. She, S-H-E, grinds, G rnds.com and you can just sign up right there to book a 15 minute phone call seriously guys like no strings attached we'll just talk about your event and you can find me on facebook at she grinds nope nope that's wrong (laughs) at gina suzanne (laughs) 
That's it. Um, yeah, or you can email me at Gina at SheGrinds.com. Let me get awesome. you out from there. Yeah. Okay, sir, uh, Gina, once again, thank you for being on this amazing, amazing podcast. Wait, can I give away something? Can I give away something to your audience who's listened to this? If they've made it this far? Yeah, I have um, I have an event checklist that I spent literally so much time with. So after creating all these events, I was like, I need to give away something that's really valuable. So I have this timeline and checklist. Like if you're just getting started, all the steps you need to create your event. And um, this is literally the checklist I go through. So I can give it away for you. Um, we can put it in the show notes. Is that cool? Sure. Because I don't know the URL off the top of my head. <laughs> but. Sure. We'll put it in the show notes and we'll awesome. put it everywhere that they need to grab it. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you for listening, guys. And see you guys soon on the next episode.